Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. Hey, look at your neighbor and say, I've got issues. And look at your other neighbor and say, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so listen, we've all got issues. Y'all heard that song? I got issues. You've got them too. So we've all, listen, we've all got issues. You've got issues. I got a little pop culture. I mean, come on, what's up? And so you've got issues. I've got issues. We are all in this thing called life. We live in a very fallen world. And inside of us, built into us, there are things maybe because of experience or because of the way that we're wired that we have problems functioning. Maybe, maybe not you, but I do. And many times that I, I try to go through life and I try to manage these issues that I have. Come on, like ex- stuff like anxiety and, and tension and frustration and stress. And so I go through life, man, and if I'm not careful, I'll, I'll end up trying to manage those things rather than living yielded to the Holy Spirit. And uh, so what the Lord wants is he wants us to yield our issues to him, not excuse our issues. And, um, you know, I, I believe this. We're, we're talking about encounters today. I believe this, that one encounter can give you the victory that you need Amen. over all your issues, over all your struggles, all, over all those insecurities, all over all the things that plague you. I believe one encounter, one moment in God's presence changes everything. And you've got issues and I've got issues, but if we can go to the one who can solve all issues, our issues can be resolved. I love this. First John five, verse four, everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he that believes that Jesus is the son of God. Listen, you have victory in this world. This world is hard. It's difficult, but it says in Romans eight thirty seven. we are praying this before service. It says this overwhelming victory is yours. Overwhelming victory. What does that mean? That means the victory inside of you is more powerful than the struggle outside of you. The struggle that's in this world, the things that we're hearing about on the news, the tension that I face, the, my head that I can't get out of, the power that is inside of me is greater. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So God has promised you victory over your issues. And can I tell you today, you don't have to live like that anymore. Because there's a man that paid a very high price for your freedom, for your victory. Amen. So we want to take control. We want to yield control of our issues. I want to talk about a woman that had issues in Scripture. We call her this. We, we, she's not this person anymore because she had an encounter, but she used to be called the woman with the issue of blood. How many know she had issues? And so it says this in Mark chapter 5. Jesus got into the boat and went back to the other side of the lake. Everybody say a new thing. Where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. Now, Jairus was important, right? Leader of a synagogue. Yet he fell at the feet of Jesus, pleading fervently with him, my little daughter is dying. We're told later that she's 12 years old in another, in, in another account of the story. He said, please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. I don't want my daughter to die. I want her to be alive. Jesus went with him, and as Jesus was on his way, all the people followed, all the people followed crowding around him, and a woman in the crowd. Now, Jesus is on mission, 
Come on. He's, he's about the father's business. He's going to take care of this important person. They're important issues. And it says this. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years. Everybody say 12. 12. With constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she spent everything. She had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had grown worse. Verse 27. She heard about Jesus. She got up from behind him through the crowd and touched his robe, the hem of his robe. She thought to herself, Self, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. I mean, you know, that's reality. Verse 30, Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. Jesus wasn't being the intentional one here. Come on. Whoa, what happened? So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? Then his disciples said to him, look, the crowd is pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter. I love that the first words from Jesus to this woman who was struggling with fear was daughter, a term of endearment a term of ownership, a term of identity. Daughter, this belongs to you. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. See, this woman had issues. She, didn't, she had, first of all, the physical issue that we talk about, the issue of blood, but there were many other issues because of this issue. How many of y'all got issues upon issues? I've got issues. She had physical issues. Number two, she had financial issues. It says this in verse 26, that she had suffered a great deal from many doctors over the years. She spent everything she had. She used up all her resources to try to get healed. She was broke. So she had physical issues. She had financial issues. Number three, she had social issues. You got to understand, a woman in this condition, a condition of of, of bleeding, it says in Leviticus chapter 13, and according to the law at that time, she was considered unclean because of this. In fact, she was so unclean, anything she touched became unclean. This is a woman who, if she had a family, they couldn't live in the house with her anymore because if they did, they would be unclean. So for 12 years, she deals with this issue. Possibly she even thought, I'm so socially ostracized. I should, I know I heard Jesus comes in town, but if I go to the crowds and I don't get healed, they'll stone me. I'm unclean. You got to understand something. This woman risked it all. She laid it all on the line for this moment. She probably thought, if I touch Jesus, I'll make him unclean. Come on. See, some of you are afraid to get out among the world because you're afraid the world will make you unclean. Mm -hmm. Because you don't really believe the power in you is greater than the power out there. I'll make him unclean. 
So, so what I'll do is I'll, I'll do the, the lowest risk option. I'll just touch the hem of his garment. I'll just touch the very edge of his clothes and maybe I'll get healed. She had social issues. Ostracized. Set outside of the town probably. Couldn't leave the house for 12 years. I mean, you can only live from Facebook like for a week before you need some real social interaction. Come on. She didn't have that. Nothing. No social interaction. If it was, she was ostracized. Go away. Unclean. Unclean. Could you imagine for 12 years is every time you got close to someone, they shouted unclean, pointed to you, and everybody ran. This is her reality. She had social issues. So she had physical issues. She had financial issues. She had social issues. And fourth of all, imagine she has emotional and mental issues. I mean, wouldn't you if you were by yourself for 12 years? Well, no, I'd be great. I'm not a people person. Actually, that's not true. Every person is a people person. Everybody is wired for connection. Everybody needs relationship. I can imagine the mess this woman was in. Imagine how awkward she was when she was around people. What a mess. Every day of her life, for 12 years, alone. That's 40 th- over 4,300 long days. She bore emotional and psychological baggage from being unclean, from being untouchable. No affection. If she had a husband, no more hugs and kisses. No more intimacy. If she had kids, no more hugs and kisses. No more preparing meals. No more doing things for others because everything she touched was unclean. What a mess. She couldn't be a wife. She couldn't be a mom. Isolated for 12 years. I don't know about you, but that would screw me up. Something fierce up in here. I know she had mental issues. We know she had to suffer extreme emotional issues. In fact, that was probably a bigger issue than anything physically. All of this caused from one issue. However, she got breakthrough. However, she got breakthrough. Was it because she sinned? Was it because she was born that way? I don't know. But does it really matter? All that really matters is that she heard a rumor that Jesus was coming to town. So if we're going to encounter breakthrough, the first thing that we've got to do is we've got to believe the rumors. It's time that we start believing the rumors. We believe the rumors of the world, but we don't believe the rumors of our God. We don't believe the rumors of heaven. We don't believe about, we don't believe that God is as good as he says he is. But see, she heard the news about Jesus. She heard that he had healed ordinary people. She heard that he touched sick people that he wasn't supposed to touch, that he did things that were a little shady. Rabbis shouldn't act like that. She heard that, that Jesus like washed people's feet. Yet he was the Messiah. She heard that Jesus loved the unlovable, that he spent time with the low of society, that he even loved criminals, right. tax collectors. He spent time where he spent a lot of his time. She heard about this man, Jesus, and she believed the rumors that he's good and that he heals people. She thought, if he can heal others, then maybe he can heal me. And I got a text message today that he's in town. So I'm going to head on over. She hadn't been in town for 12 years. Imagine how different the city looked. Listen, will you believe the rumors about God? Can Can I tell you today? 
I'm here to confirm the rumors. God is good. God is good. And listen, as good as you think God is, he's better. As good as you can imagine he is, he's better than that. So we grow in our experience of his goodness. We grow in our, our knowledge of his goodness. But he's better than that. That's why it's going to take for eternity for God to reveal his goodness. We will spend forever learning of the goodness of God. Growing in the knowledge of the goodness of God. We, we won't get it all in a glimpse. We're going to be blown away by how good he is. Can I tell you that that can start today? Believe the rumors. He's as good as he says he is which is way beyond your imagination, will you believe the rumor? Listen, if you are going to experience breakthrough in your life, know that, that he's good. He's not mad at you. Don't believe that rumor. He's not frustrated at you. He's not depressed in heaven thinking, oh, what am I going to do? No, he's good. And he can take care of it. The second thing we got to do if we're going to encounter breakthrough just like this woman did, is we're going to have to leave our safe space. Oh. I mean, 12 years in the house, I'm sure, I'm sure it was super safe. Nobody to make fun of her. Come on. No accidents. Just stay in the house. But you know, sometimes you've got to leave your safe space to get to the safer space. You guys see these movies like all the time where people are like in this, you know, it's like a war scene and the guys are like, oh, we're in this place. But if we stay here, we're going to get destroyed. But if we can make it over there, we'll be safer than we are here. But there's a risk going to that place. You could die on the way. This woman could have died on the way, but she had to leave her safe space. Some of you, you don't put any, you say you have faith, but you don't ever risk anything. You just live real safe with your, with your nice little private Jesus. He's not your nice little private Jesus. He's nice. He's good. But he's not your private Jesus. Listen, private faith has public demonstration. Faith is filled risk. What does your faith look like? Will you stay in your safe space? I know it's comfortable. Come on, I know the coffee's warm there. I get it. You know, I think that she probably thought this. I think she probably thought, you know, I know Jesus is in town, but that's pretty risky. You know, God's sovereign. And he's, he's so powerful. I'll just pray. If he wants to heal me, he can heal me here. <laughs> Come, on. Come on. How many times do we pray prayers like that? Oh, Lord, if you want to do it, you're just going to have to do it. Don't do anything. I don't want to do anything that I'm uncomfortable with. So, Lord, if you're going to do it, you're just going to have to do it. There's no faith in that. That's a safe space. You need to get, listen, well, if the Lord wants me to quit thinking like that, then he'll just have to change my thinking. How about you get out of the the comfort and the convenience of your safe space and go to the safer space? Get out of the house. Your issues won't be resolved with you sitting around going, I wish I felt better. I wish he would come to my house. Listen, if nothing changes, nothing changes. What kind of risk are you willing to go after your encounter? What kind of risk are you willing to take to get breakthrough? Are you willing to fast? Are you willing to pray? Are you willing to, to, to give up a Saturday night to come and pray and spend time in the presence of the Lord? Are you willing to give up 20 minutes of your day to soak in the presence of God? 
I'm just so discouraged. I don't know what I'm going to do. So you get around. How much time are you spending time praying? Oh, not as much as I should. Well, there's the answer. You've got to get out of your safe space. Listen, breakthrough is not easy. It's paid for, it's accomplished, but it's not easy. you got to get out of your comfort zone. You want God to do something? You've got to do something. Well, he's sovereign. Sure. But his sovereignty meets you outside of your safe space. We can have an excuse or we can go after an encounter. encounter. What's it going to be? You know, sometimes the thing that may be keeping you from getting free of your issue is your issue. I know I need to quit being so insecure. I've heard this so many times. You know, I'm just uncomfortable around people. Right? Okay. I understand that. I get that. I get a little anxious in crowds sometimes. I get that. I get that. The only way you're going to get breakthrough is if you get around people. It's not going to happen. You said you wake up one morning and all of a sudden you're like, well, I'm not, I'm not afraid to be around people. Right? It's going to take that 15 seconds of courage. It's going to take that, that moment for you to get out of the house. Oh, I could never, you know, I, I admire people that talk, talk to strangers about Jesus. I just think that's so awesome. Oh, oh man, I don't know if I could ever do that. The only way you're ever going to do it is if you do it. Sometimes you need to do something to break that fear off your life. This woman had to get out of the house. Don't let your issue keep you from getting the breakthrough of your issue. Come on. So believe the rumors. Leave the safe space. And number three, so if, if, if that's the case, you got to push through. And that's exactly what this woman did. She pushed through the crowd. In my opinion, because she touched the hem of his garment, I think that she was low profile, going in there, probably crawling on the ground, looking around, like, how can I get in there? You know, kind of snopper style, you know, sneaking around. Let's see if I can just get in there. I won't have to touch anybody. You know, that could be a mess. So let's just kind of get in there. She had to push through the crowd. You know, this story... What's crazy about this story is Jesus was on, on mission. This is kind of a sandwich technique of, of the writers. And so what the writers have is they have this A story, which is, which is the story of Jairus, right? His daughter died. He's an important man, important story. His daughter's dying. That's probably a bigger deal than, hey, I've been bleeding for 12 years. She's going to die. Jesus, big deal, right? So sandwiched in the story of Jesus going to his house to heal his daughter, this important man's daughter, this woman comes up and grabs his cloak. I mean, have you ever, have you been doing that? Like you're on your way somewhere and someone interrupts you and you're like, you know, I got something I'm doing that's important. You know, I mean, Jesus, we, we totally would have been okay with Jesus going, uh-uh, I'll get back with that. I need to go get this woman before... Uh, she dies. This 12-year-old's about to die. So you, you stay here, and I'll be right back. I mean, that would have been totally kosher Jesus, right? That would have been okay. In fact, she did have an issue of blood, so we, we could have... Okay, Jesus, you got more important things to do. How I many you know that there's this global narrative of what God is doing on the earth, right? But there's also the narrative that makes up the narrative, and that's your story, and that's my story. And sometimes I think that we think God's too busy or God's too big on an agenda or there's bigger issues in the world like what happened this week. That God won't meet my need. 
that we think that I'm some kind of selfish. Can I tell you, it's okay to be selfish to go after your encounter. I give you permission, and I believe God gives you permission too to go after your encounter because what she did was kind of selfish because everybody she touched could have been unclean. So when you go after Jesus, you just don't worry about anybody else. You just go after it. You push through. Come on. Don't let anybody despise you. Don't don't you worry about your social status. You just push through. Don't think that the the bigger miracle of a dead 12-year-old girl causes Jesus to look over your 12-year-old issue. The number 12, listen, the number 12 is is the word of government. It's, It's the word for government, right? 12 tribes of Israel. 12 apostles. So it's God's form of government. His, what is it? It's the exousia, the authority. The Greek word for authority is exousia. It's governmental authority. See, Jesus has governmental authority over the issues that we take him to, like Jarius was doing, or the issues that were brought to him, the woman. He has authority to the issues we take him to or the issues we bring to him. He has authority over all issues. So sometimes we're going to take him to an issue. Sometimes we're going to take the issue to him. Come on. And this woman did that. She took the issue to him. She didn't wait for Jesus to show up at her house. She went after her miracle. She pushed through the crowd. Listen, Jesus is not overly consumed with the drama in humanity to deal with your issues. Get over yourself that big. He thinks you're important. If it's important to you, it's important to him because you're important to him. Your issues are important to God, but it's such a big issue. I feel so selfish. That might be pride talking because we both know that you want victory. We both know that you want to be an overcomer. You want breakthrough. Listen, you're not going to offend God because you want something from him. Jesus said, you're not going to offend God because you want something from him. Right. Let me just, if, if you're dealing with that, that's a religious spirit. That's not the spirit of a son or a daughter. You know, it's my good pleasure when my kids come and ask me to do things. To get them things, to take care of things, to teach them things. It's my pleasure. I'm their dad. I love to do that. How terrible of a father would I be? If every time they, and there are times. If they came to me, I was like, no, 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 no. You're not important. Your issues aren't important. Or if they're in their room and they're crying. I had, let me just be real with you. This is an issue I have. So our son Judah is very sensitive. He's 10. He's not in the room. Thank God. And, uh, and sometimes I'm impatient with his, his sensitivity. Well, we're, we're sitting in the living room one night. And Judah's in his room, I don't know, probably like watching like YouTube videos of soccer or something because that's how he likes to spend his life right now. And so he is bawling in the other room. Remember this? And I was like, man, what is he crying about? This is weird. So I mean, he was acting like, like, like I died, you know what I'm saying? And so, I mean, he's bawling. Leslie's like, maybe you should go check on Judah. I think he's crying. So I go in there and he's bawling. I was like, son, what's going on? And, uh, you know, he, he's a little bit dramatic, but I was like, what, 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 what's up? And he was like, you think, you, you think I'm being too sensitive? He told me that. And I was like, oh, man, I, I really suck at being a dad. And so 
was like, oh, you know, and that kind of woke me up. I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe I would think that. So I need to quit thinking that. You know, like it's like Holy Spirit's like checking me right there. I'm like, well, maybe I need to quit being so whatever dismissive of his heart issue. And he goes, and I go, no, son. I said, tell me. I was like, because he was broken. He was bawling. I was like, oh. And he goes, he he tells me. I don't even remember the name. He's like some soccer player got uh, moved from one team to another. Like another team signed him. And I was like, all right, probably need to take a nap today, right? Probably didn't get enough sleep last night. I mean, he was broken. Gosh, don't tell him I told you all. And, and you know, I, I was, my reaction was to get aggravated. But here's my son, and he's crying, and it's important to him. So the Lord started working on my heart because I wasn't being sensitive like Jesus is. And I just said, son, I'm so sorry, you know, and try to kind of walk him through it and give him some counsel and then got out of the room as quick as I could. But I know, I know. I got issues. I got issues. I got issues. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I don't leave in the room. All right. So I believe that that's how our Heavenly Father is. I, I believe that he's... The things that bother us, bother him. He's the perfect father. I'm not. I'm learning from him. Did you know that he aches for what you ache for? That his heart is moved by what moves your heart. He's not consumed with the drama and humanity. Too consumed to deal with your issues. Jesus said it this way. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We were singing this last night. Joy, joy, joy. It's his joy. It's his pleasure to give you the kingdom. What is the kingdom? The kingdom is victory. The kingdom is breakthrough. The kingdom is healing. The the kingdom is restoration. All these things, everything that looks like his world on this world, that's the kingdom, the king's dominion. It's his good pleasure to bring in. Number four, reach out and touch him. So push through the crowd. Come on, believe the rumors, leave the safe space, push through, and reach out and touch him. I love how it says in Luke's account, chapter 8, verse 45, he says, who touched me? And when they all denied it, Peter said, of course, master, the people are crowding and pressed against you. Other words, who touched you? Everybody's touching you. And he said this, somebody touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Who touched me? Everybody was touching Jesus. But somebody touched his heart. Somebody drew the power out of him that day. What caused it to stand out? Because she touched his heart. Let me tell you why she touched his heart. Because she believed the rumors. She got out of her safe space. She pushed through the crowds. That's what got his attention. I think Jesus in that moment was probably thinking, she touched me. Oh, she touched me, right? He's, he felt the power go out of him. She didn't touch Jesus physically. She didn't even touch his skin. She touched the hem of his robe. But she touched something much deeper. Because his, her, her touch was felt. 
How many know that we in the kingdom, we don't touch with our hands. We touch with our faith. We don't touch with our hands. We touch with our faith. And her faith was demonstrated through what she did that day. Does faith move Jesus or does faith move you? Yes. Sure. I know this. Faith places us in proximity to experience breakthrough. You will not experience breakthrough, listen, without faith. You won't. It may be somebody else's faith. Even the encounter we talked about last week with Paul. Somebody was praying. Somebody was believing. How close can you get to Jesus? See, most people want the kind of relationship with God to where they can stay as far away as they can and benefit as much as they can. But it doesn't work that way with relationship. The only way that you can benefit in covenant is to be face to face. It's the only way it works. So we want the benefits, but we don't want the closeness. But faith always places us in proximity to experience breakthrough. One more thought, and then we're going to pray. The, the word for the hem of his garment, many people believe this, is the word zitzit. Zitzit. I'm probably saying it wrong. If you're Jewish or you're real good at that culture, then maybe you can correct me. But zitzit is a tassel on a prayer shawl. Probably Jesus probably wore this. And so he had like this prayer shawl around him and hanging off the corners of the prayer shawl were the zitzit. And this is considered an extension. Actually, it was considered an extension of the person. So they had these four corners of their robe that hung down. Huh? The tallit, yes. The, the, The prayer shawl. And these were pieces that hung off of it. So she's like, if I can just touch that, the hymn. Am I saying it right? Zit zit. Zit zit. Zit zit. Zit zit. I'm not Jewish. Thank you. And she thought, if I could just touch that. It was considered, listen, it was considered an extension of the person. I want to read this verse to you. She got as close as she could. If I can just get through there, if I can just touch it. Zit zit. Zit zit. If I can reach it. Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. But for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteous will rise with healing in his wings. You know what that word rings it, wings right there is? The hymn. Healing in his wings. How close can you get to this man? And you go out and leap like calves released from the stall, like a rodeo cow. Then you will trample down the wicked. They will be ashes under the soles of your feet. And on the day when I do these things, on on that day that I do these things, says the Lord, listen, God wants to release breakthrough in your life. And today what we're going to do is we're going to just get as close as we can. For some of us, it's just going to be, man, if I can just reach the zitzit. If I can just get that can just touch, if I can just get close enough, if I can just get in proximity to Jesus, if I can just get in his presence, I will experience breakthrough. Today, I believe these, these are the words that I wrote down, anxiety and fear, bitterness, 
caused from unforgiveness, rejection, insecurities, all that. Bitterness, anxiety, bitterness, and physical issues. Can I tell you today, the healer is here. And there's healing in his wings. As close as we can get. Within proximity, listen, I believe your breakthrough is today. I believe today everything changes. Today. Today, this day. You write it down. This is the day that everything changed because I was willing to leave the house. So whatever your issue is today, do you want resolve? The healer is here. The healer is here.